You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Auburn Roots, our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. This is episode 18. We've already reached 18. I can't believe it. Uh, But we continue to find new stories and new Uh, interesting tales from the Auburn perspective, and I'm sure that's going to be the case with my next guest here, and you might know him from social media and other Auburn podcast forums out there. He is Mr. Zach Blackerby, and I am happy to welcome him into the studio virtually, albeit, uh, to join me to tell his Auburn story. So, Zach, welcome. Hey, Kyle. I'm glad we could finally uh, get this worked out. We had to schedule, what, probably three other times that then something came up. So I'm glad we're finally doing this. I think that's just the nature of being in, I guess, podcasting. But for you, obviously, uh, radio as well. It can be a little hectic at times to figure out, you know, we talk so much that, you know, we have to, I guess, sometimes figure out, you know, who we haven't or hadn't talked to get our schedule all worked out. I can imagine it's a very tough world for you. Man, you know, uh, with doing like radio hits and all that, I I tell folks, I'm like, okay, I can do – early afternoon i've got the most obnoxious schedule in the world i'm free after like you know one o'clock but if you want to record stuff i get home and i've got a five month old you know baby girl and i, I just can't guarantee that she's gonna be quiet while we're while we're chatting so i'm glad we uh, i kind of we found that sweet spot in the middle there yeah see that's another angle i didn't even go with i i completely blown past that you're a, a new father and that on top of your work schedule it just makes things a little bit crazy so it is good that we're finally sitting down to talk about this because absolutely I'm really excited to hear from you because someone who works in the radio industry in Auburn, I feel like has a really good pulse, not just uh, on Auburn in general, but the Auburn uh, fan perspective and kind of knows where the feelings are at and and, and things of that nature of things currently, but also throughout the past. And we're going to get into that a little bit and kind of where your Auburn story intersects with you. But what I'd like to know first off, Zach, is give us a little bit of background about yourself uh, for those that may not know you outside of Auburn, kind of where, you, where you're from, where you're born, uh, anything that you feel like we need to know about Zach Blackerby. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So my family, they moved back. Both my parents went to Auburn. So they moved back to the area when I was really young. I was three or four. We moved Florida to, to back to Opelika. Um, they wanted to be back around Auburn and all that good stuff. And 
grew up in the Auburn Opelika community and then went to school at Auburn. I mean, so, I mean, this is, this is kind of, this is home for me. I grew up here. Um, my wife is from Ohio. We got married here. We now live here. And so we're raising a kid here. So um, we, we, we love Auburn. We love the Auburn Opelika community. And that's kind of where we want to be as far as um, what I do and, and, and all of that. You mentioned it. I do a morning show. Uh, I cover news on Auburn Opelika this morning. Um, kind of continuing the tradition that that Rod Bramlett did during this uh, doing this show for a long time, and then Andy Burcham did it for twelve years. There was a guy in between me and Andy, and now I get to do that. So that's kind of cool, kind of an honor to um, to kind of continue that that legacy and um, deliver uh, the folks with East Alabama with some local news there. But um, as far as stuff people don't know about me, I, I never really know what to do with that because I'm like the most open book, least private person. <laughs> um on the planet there i'm pretty uh, i'm pretty open probably to a fault if i'm being honest with you but yeah man i i'm excited to kind of figure out what my auburn story is while talking to you i've never really thought about it before until you uh until you reached out and asked just because so much of what i do every day has to do with auburn and i know you're similar to that kyle i know you love auburn and live and breathe it and I've kind of been that way since I was really little. I mean, that was the only option, right? That's, right. that's the only option that my family gave me. And so uh, uh, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that question, man. Well, that's a tough one to answer. I will be honest. It's, it's pretty loaded for me to kind of set you up that way. And, you know, honestly, I even think back to episode two where we had Jeremy Henderson on and his what a journey. I, I Really, I mean, you want to sit down and talk about Auburn history and perspectives. That's Ooh. the guy you need to sit down with. I still think I need to have him on for a part due like, for that because it was so just incredible the, the amount of knowledge that guy. I think I was shut up for literally like 20 minutes and didn't say a single word because he has – so much to share that's on his heart and mind about the Auburn perspective. Uh, so you have a lot to live up to if, if that's what you, if you want to look at it that way. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, I tell you what, though, I mean, with Jeremy Henderson, you've had Rich Perkins on as well, right? Yep, I have. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, there was, uh, there was about a year stint where I was doing the morning show on A&I, and they were doing the morning show together on Wings 94.3. And, you know, we just kind of chill, you know, for the 15, 20 minutes beforehand, just kind of chit-chatting. And I mean, those were some really, really fun times. You know, th- those are kind of things that you hold on to. Jeremy Henderson or Rich Perkins, those guys are awesome. But anyway, anyway, um, I-, I keep cutting you off, man. I apologize. Oh, no, you're good. And see, that's I think that's the struggle for us who work in the either work volunteer wise or paid in the radio or podcast industry is we we love to talk so much and we have so much to share. So you are a hundred percent good on that because I I've even been told. Well, I'll just I'll pull back the curtain a little bit for listeners before we launched this series. I did kind of a test run out of it of it with my wife, and she actually has her full episode episode out now in episode 10 and I sent it out to a couple people and they said Kyle you need to shut up so that's what I've tried to do sometimes <laughs> is just shut up and let the person talk so here I am rambling on so let me shut up now and just ask this question it's the big question and the setup for the whole story you kind of already alluded to it a little bit but where does Auburn and Zach Blackerby intersect in terms of you realizing this is who I am I'm an Auburn person yeah yeah I mean for the for the longest part you know I don't know, I, I think back to when you know, you're maybe a sophomore or junior in high school and you start going to all these college career days or college days at your high school. And I went to the local private school um, in Auburn. And 
you look at other places that are kind of farther away and you, you know, that's, that's super appealing. I remember being totally enamored with Ole Miss. They were the popular booth. Um, but you know, it's like, my parents were like, well, I mean, you can go to Auburn, it'll be significantly cheaper. And, you know, we started looking at financials and all that. It's like, okay, Auburn makes the most sense. They, uh, you know, I, I have access to stuff that I want to do there. Cool. Whatever. You know, both my parents went there. So it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I wasn't really that excited about it. I was excited about moving out. Right. Just, you know, kind of get that independence, just turned 18, just finished high school. You know, you can have to do your own thing. And then I remember Camp or Eagle was fine and all that. But then the second or third day of classes, I remember I got to, to campus really early and I was just chilling and kind of watching, you know, all of the, the activity happening. I just, that's when it kind of hit me like, this is the greatest place on earth. Like, this is the coolest, coolest place to be in. I'm so lucky I get to go here. And, um, and, and that's kind of, that was, I guess that was the moment for me. And I've been, you know, I've grown up going to all the different sporting events. We had watched Cam and, you know, the, the 2010 team the year prior to that, um, because I graduated high school in 11. So that, that there's my senior year of high school is when, we got to watch all that happen and it's like cool the sky's the limit then 2013 happens and it's somehow better because you're you're a student and you're a part of it you get to watch all this craziness happen um so i would say i would say you know early in, probably around august well i guess that would be 2011 is when it kind of hit me where it's like yeah this is where i'm gonna identify with you know for forever you know just being an auburn tiger and the auburn roots and so um, I guess that's the answer there. Then just since then, it's grown, right? And being able to, you know, find an internship at the Auburn Network, which, of course, is very rooted in Auburn, both the school and the athletic department and uh, just the, the community. Because um, I think a lot of people forget that Auburn is a really great community on top of a great school mm-hmm. and a great athletic department. And so getting to talk and get the, you know, really chit-chat with the inner workings of all the folks that kind of, run this awesome city and all the challenges that they're presented with. I mean, it's been really eye-opening. And I think a lot of people take for granted how smooth everything is. I know two years ago we had the, um, the municipal elections and there was some drama there. And, you know, every now and then people will be upset about stuff happening downtown. But just all of the, all of the inner workings and being able to see that firsthand has been really, really cool. And it kind of makes me love it even more. Just, you know, all of the sacrifice, seeing all the sacrifice that people put into this great great city and this great town and community and all that but i guess uh, the roundabout way to answer your question is um yeah early in uh, august in 2011 is kind of when it when it popped to me I, I just remember i was sitting outside of my biology lab and i just saw all these people moving and all this happiness and all these smiles and uh, it was a beautiful sunny day i just remember thinking i actually texted my mom like thank you so much for letting me go here and pay for this and all that <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the greatest place in the world so yeah that's that, that that's probably the moment I'm kind of seeing an interesting trajectory here that I'm, I'm really intrigued with because we set this up with growing up in the Auburn Opelika area and the, the moment that you identify with, uh, I, this is me, this is who I am. I'm an Auburn person. This is where I'm supposed to be is a little bit later in that trajectory. And now you've even kind of grown into not just the, the Auburn sports and university fandom aspect, but the community and really appreciating what it means to be an Auburn person through the community as well. Let me reverse back a little bit. Do you, and maybe it's a a tough question to answer. Do you feel like you kind of took that accessibility that you had to the university and the fandom a little for granted since it kind of didn't hit you until later on when you were actually there? Yeah, I think I did. And I mean, 
I think we all look back to when we we're 14, 15, 16, 17 year old, and we're just kind of grasping for any type of independence that we can have. And I think yeah. people automatically think like, okay, the farther away I am from here, the better. And um, yeah, I, I think that has a big part. To, I think another part, and you know, so many people associate all with just the football team, and I guess now the basketball team, and just sports in general, is uh, you know, that's fine, but. I don't love college sports as much as most people do. I, I've, I've always preferred professional sports. I'm a huge NFL fan. I'll prefer NFL to, you know, college football any day of the week. And I think the thing for me was, you know, I grew up in Opelika. I spent most of my time, you know, despite being from the area, um, I spent the vast majority of my time in Opelika. I very, I very rarely went to Auburn, really, unless we were going to um, a sporting event with me and my dad and my mom or, you know, friends or whatever. Um, so, I didn't really know Auburn that well, despite being, you know, just five or 10 minutes away from it. So I I think that has something to do with it as well. But I was able to see Auburn for being Auburn, not just Auburn being the the school that has a cool football tradition. And at the time, you know, basketball tradition, even though I grew up probably a bigger Auburn basketball fan than football fan. But that's, um, yeah, so I I guess I've always just kind of separated the two and seen Auburn more as a place than just a, a place with sports teams. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I, I've, I've never really thought about that before. I get it. And I, I kind of see that as well because I, you know, I didn't grow up in the Auburn and Opelika area. I grew up in Montgomery and uh, you know, it's pretty close proximity and sure. I didn't really have a choice. I was going to be an Auburn fan, but you know, I didn't really take hold of it until I was probably in, you know, full on adolescence. And I, it's just always interesting to hear a perspective of, you know, someone who maybe was there right next to it and, you know, and, kind of when they finally associated and I've heard that before that some people feel like they kind of want to break out and blaze their own trails and do something a little bit different but sometimes it's just really hard kind of like this the title of the series to break away from your roots and just pulls you back in something I'm interested to hear from you on though is the dynamic between Auburn and Opelika You, you lived in the Auburn area but you spent most of the time in the Opelika area What's the difference really between the two of them? Like if you kind of had to give me a, an overview of that, like what makes the two so different or the same maybe? I think in covering both of them, it's amazing how different they are. I think Auburn, you look at the more, I just think the way they conduct government business. So you look at their two city councils. Um, one is very business oriented. One is very, you know, all right, here's the points of the agenda. We need to touch on all these and, you know, breeze through the consent agenda. And um, I think you've seen more of that in the last three or four years than, uh, you know, maybe maybe even past that. But um, I think with the new city council and the new mayor with, with Anders taking over, I think you've kind of seen more of um, more things by the book, more things official, more things, you know, um, almost industrialized with their parks and all that. And then you look at Opelika, and I think they're focused much more on the hometown feel. I mean, I I think when you compare, like if you compare Auburn's downtown to Opelika's downtown, I think it's very, um, I think it's kind of, I think that's a good way to kind of symbolize what the differences are. I mean, no Mm -hmm. chains, you know, it's all locally owned stuff. When you look at uh, downtown Opelika, then you look at downtown Auburn, and it's like a lot of restaurants that are, you know, kind of, from from elsewhere with a few classics kind of mixed in there um but uh auburn's growing and i think auburn um a few years ago kind of realized like okay there's a lot of money to be made here and so you're seeing you're seeing these downtown buildings get taller and taller and you're seeing more (laughs) and more people get 
angrier and angry about him, and now it's growing too fast, <laughs> right? With, with you know, Leith said, President Leith was like, hey, let's have all the students in the world come. Let's get bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And so all these people with all these, you know, this money came in and were like, hey, well, let's, let's, uh, let's put more beds downtown. And then, you know, the, the president changes, you know, for, for whatever reason. And um, they're like, no, let's go back to being small old Auburn. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, we have uh, too many apartments. And so everybody's mad about everything. But yeah, I, I think just the, the, the politics of both communities are very, very different. Very, very different. And I think that's both good. I think it's super interesting. You know, you look at the, um, for folks that are from here, Tigertown being created. Being, uh, being established in the city of Opelika instead of Auburn, I think it totally changed the dynamics of the city because all yeah. of a sudden, you know, if, if Auburn gets that, I don't think there really is much of a relationship between Auburn and Opelika because I think Opelika, you know, fights to survive. I think all the sales tax that you get from Tigertown is going to, you know, um, kind of allow Opelika to be, you know, kind of the little brother um, to Auburn, a better little brother. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, I think the relationship uh, is very important, but they're very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great uh, angle that you took there with it, that they do have their uh, distinct differences, but they are so interconnected. And if it weren't for a few uh, interesting things, either economically or culturally, uh, you know, that happened, there could be a lot more separate. And I'm happy to have the two communities uh, be so interconnected, but so different at the same time. And I think it makes for just some great stories and some interesting events in the history of the area that I'm sure that you've gotten to see throughout your life. And it's been a, probably an interesting seat to, to watch from. Let's stay in your past just a little bit and talking about growing up uh, and the Auburn and Opelika area and the fandom aspect of it. What do you remember from that? Like, are there any big important games or events or anything like that? I mean, I went to pretty much every home football game that I can remember. Um, went to some games in 04, and then, I mean, obviously the 2010 season stands out and all that in between, the rain game, all, all the classics at Jordan-Hare. Um, so much so where I kind of took it for granted. And then, um, so, I mean, I, I, guess, I mean, I remember a lot of them, I, I guess. As far as growing up there, I mean, it's just everybody was an Auburn fan. I was blown away by – the Alabama fan base later in my life because mm -hmm. like, everyone here is an Auburn fan. And also like when I really started getting into football, Auburn was beating Alabama every year. So I just assumed like Alabama wasn't a good football <laughs> program. Right. And then you get older and you realize some of the history there, then they kind of get some of that back. They hired that Nick Saban dude. And it's just like, Oh, dang it. <laughs> they're, yep. they're, they're good. But that's probably been, you know, growing up here and growing up as an Auburn fan, that was kind of the, the funniest thing that I look back on is like, I genuinely thought Alabama was just not a good football program <laughs> because in the, you know, the peak of kind of forming my opinion on all these football teams, like Alabama stunk. And yeah, um, yeah sadly that's not true anymore. So what's the uh, Alabama fan base makeup in the Auburn Opelika area? Is it pretty significant? Because every once in a while, there seems like they got a pretty good showing out there. Yeah. I, I think Opelika is pretty heavy Alabama fans which is weird, but I mean, really like, I guess when you look at it, there's, there's, there's little Auburn pockets, like, I don't know. I mean, pretty much that 280 corridor, you know, when you go to like past Silicon and all that, I think Auburn's pretty heavy there. And then there's just random pockets. Like I went to Fairhope. I was blown away by how many Auburn people were there, like Bruton, Alabama, how many Auburn fans were there. But yeah, for the most part, makeup wise here. Yeah. I would say uh, Opelika, very heavy Alabama, which is odd, which yeah. is odd, but. I think their uh, their presence statewide is pretty strong. 
it, it definitely is. And uh, it's always shocking, I think, for people that are maybe aren't as familiar with the area when they come to visit. It's like, how, what's all this crimson over here doing? Like, this is not supposed to be happening. It's not even right. an Alabama game in there here. Uh, so uh, people just find that confusing, but I think it's you, the, people like you that have that interesting perspective to really know what the community makeup is like and are right. able to share that now. So through your adolescence growing up there, you decide to finally go to Auburn. And from what I heard at the beginning of this, it was kind of more of a decision of it just kind of makes sense. Is that kind of the, what led into your decision to go to Auburn? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to do musical theater. So I had narrowed it down to all, and I wanted to be in state. So I narrowed it down to Auburn and Samford and Samford offered me a scholarship to do that, but it was still would have been way more expensive than, than Auburn. So we decided to do that, follow my parents' footsteps, and I was a musical theater major for about five minutes, and then I changed <laughs> to, to communication. But yeah, yeah. So a, a big part of it was finances. You know, I didn't want to graduate with a with a with any debt. That was kind of a goal that I set for, for myself. That's and a good I goal. Any, yeah, and I didn't have any scholarships, so it's like where where would I be best equipped for it to be cheaper, have access to more things, and. Um, you know, have a better chance of getting a good job throughout school. So Auburn was the decision and um, yeah, it worked out. I did not know that the angle of you having a musical background, or at least for five minutes at Auburn. So are you a musician at heart or do you have that kind of passion still? Yeah. 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 I love that stuff. You know, I love, I love uh, musicals and, and all of that. And so I actually went to the, their musical theater day at Auburn where they were giving out a bunch of scholarships and, I um I ultimately didn't get it, but essentially the the process of it was, um, you know, you, you showed up with one parent, and all the parents went and got a tour from the student recruiters, and then all of the future students would go and essentially be um it, it was like going through a day in the life of a musical theater major, right? And so, um, we did all that, you know, we did our auditions and our trials for the scholarships and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, I met back up with my mom and she's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Because she hadn't seen Auburn, you know, in a tour in, you know, probably 20 or 20 years or so. And so she's like, was amazed by how much everything changed and how nice everything was. And I looked at her, I'm like, I hated that. <laughs> I've been miserable all day. I do not love it as much as I thought I did. But um, I loved it a lot in high school. And, um, you know, whenever my uh, schedule opens up and, you know, if I'm ever not doing a morning show, I may um, – I may do some community theater stuff, but yeah, that's something that's really, um, really, really important to me. I think it's very cool. And that's really why I got into radio. So funny enough, and it, I, I did this when I was a, um, a senior in high school and Rich Perkins, we mentioned him earlier, uh -huh. a friend of the program here. He came to my drama class, my theater class when I was in high school. And he talked about um, radio being the closest thing he can do to being on a stage and performing every day. And he likes sports, and so that's why he does radio. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm all of those things. And he was involved with, you know, the community theater and, you know, kind of did some stuff on the side and all of that. And I'm like, that's perfect. So I went and interned for him my freshman year. Um, then they hired me part-time my sophomore year, and the rest is history as, as far as, you know, what I've been doing at the Auburn Network. I've been here ever since. So, um, yeah, that's kind of uh, – that's how I got into radio was um, – I was uh, discouraged by uh, the super passionate people um, that, that, you know, that, uh, that did musical theater at Auburn. And I'm like, yeah, I don't quite love it enough. So I'll do radio. And it's worked out so far. Well, it's funny. You get into these areas of your life where you think you want to do something and you think you have the passion for it, but then you see the, the actual passionate people for it. And it kind of show you, it's like, 
well, maybe I wasn't so much prepared for that aspect of it. But the good thing about it is it just like with your situation with choosing to go to Auburn, you know, you, you kind of did it more of it because it made sense to do it. And it ended up being the best decision. It sounds like of your life in terms of, well, not the best decision, but one of the best decisions to end up there because now it's what you identify so much with same thing with the musical aspect of it. it you at least went and explored it. And then now you've kind of moved into a different aspect of, of using your voice in a different way. And it made you have some great connections uh, down the line. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, Rich Perkins helping you uh, kind of find your way to where you are now. I believe if I remember correct, when we had Rich Perkins on, and I believe that was uh, episode 12, he shared a similar story of someone else kind of speaking into his life, either directly yep. or indirectly and saying, this is the route you kind of need to go. So I think that's probably, it's kind of interesting that you two both had that same story as you were on one path and someone kind of spoke into it and said, Hey, maybe check this out. And I, and I feel like personally you found your niche in the Auburn radio aspect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rich and I, very similar story. It's just rich. Uh, rich had a few stops before that, if I remember correctly, yeah. but yeah. And, and out of that, you know, rich was my mentor for a long time and, uh, you know, from talking to him now, he's uh, he's pursuing, you know, priesthood and and all that, following his faith there. And, you know, props to him. I'm really proud of him for that. But, you know, Rich and I are, you know, we're, we're, he's he's one of my best friends in the world. He was a, a groomsman at my wedding. You know, it's kind of turned into all of these great relationships. I mean, some awesome, awesome people. So, you know, it's it's just crazy how things kind of fall into place. But, yeah, that's what um that's what happened here. And so I'm I'm really fortunate for Rich. Absolutely relationships are what they makes the Auburn family so special. And, you know, oh, yeah. it, it is a place. It is very much a place, but I, I always say here on the show, uh, it's more than just a place. It's a people. And I think that's what makes it just be so special to the Auburn family. Kind of going back to uh, your time at Auburn at the university, you were there at a very special time. Uh, your senior year, as you said, was the 2010 season for high school, correct? I have that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yep. But you're coming in during a time where Auburn, you know, shifts into some some dark periods for two years, but then jumps right back into a 2013 shocking season where they go all the way to the national title game. What was that like on campus to witness the the height, the low, and then the height again? What, what was that like from a student's perspective? Yeah, yeah. So I was super busy the fall of 12. And so fortunately, I had a lot of things to distract me. It was my, um, I decided to rush a fraternity my sophomore year. So I had a, I had a lot of stuff going on there um, outside of football, socially, fortunately. Um, like I remember leaving at halftime, which I, I would never leave at halftime now, but I, I just remember leaving at halftime when Johnny Manziel was running all over us and there's oh. nothing we could do. I think we lost that game 63 to nothing. I remember like that, that one. Oh. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to forget that one. <laughs> it's tough to forget that one. Sadly, Kyle, but, but then, you know, um, I remember the first game of 13, I'm in block seating in the student section and everyone's super upset with like how we couldn't stop Washington state's passing attack in the season opener. And I'm like, guys, this is uh like Mike Leach does what he's doing here, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, this is like a very weird offense. I don't think you should judge the defense based on this. And I just remember everybody thinking we stunk. We absolutely stunk. And then, you know, we kind of figured it out, lost to LSU, and then the rest is history. And obviously everybody remembers where they were um, for Ricardo's catch against Georgia, and then obviously the kick six. I mean, being in second row in the student section for the kick six was, um, was something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Wow. I mean, that's just – that's just the coolest thing in the world. And, you know, you can, you can go on a trip and be talking to somebody, you know, that, and 
I mean, most places outside of the South aren't super interested in college football, but I've had it, you know, countless times where I say that I'm from Auburn or, you know, my family's from Auburn and they'll be like, Oh, the, the kick six. I mean, this is, this is years later. I mean, we're coming up on a decade later and this still happens. And it's like, yeah, I was on the second row, you know, the craziest thing in the world. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, you, you talk about memories and, you know, what you want to do as a, as a student in Auburn. And I mean, 13 was, was great. I can't imagine 2010 being much better. And then the, the, the most interesting thing is we all leave to go to Christmas break. And I think we got a few extra days off for the national championship that year. And then just like, no one talked about it. No one talked about, you know, that, that game against Florida state. And like, that was, that was really cool to me too. It's just like, we ignored it. We ignored that it happened as a student body. And, and frankly, I'm okay with that. But yeah, yeah it, it's pretty cool to look back on that. Well, I think we were just so proud of what they had accomplished when there was so little expected of this team. And right. I think that's probably why you saw so much of, we'll call it ignoring of the loss in the national championship game. Because in, another thing, it was a great game as well. You know, if Trey Mason, uh, I fully believe, as I don't know if you agree with me, Zach, but if he had cut to the right, I believe, on that little lateral play we had to end the game there, I think he was gone for a touchdown again. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I swear to this day, he just made one wrong move or, and he would have been there. Man, there's so many little things. I mean, we, we should have had that one looking back. We totally should have had it. But it's bringing gosh. up bad feelings right now. Yeah, um, very not, sad. We, let's do like the students did and just ignore it and move on from that. Perfect. I'm down. <laughs> hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. So what else did you get involved with on campus while you were there? You talked a little bit about rushing. Um, what's that experience like? Because I think some of, a lot of us didn't do that and might be interested to know a little bit about that. Yeah, my situation a little different. I didn't do traditional Greek stuff. I wanted to join a Christian fraternity. My faith is pretty important to me. And so um, freshman year, I had a hard time kind of fitting in with uh, people that believe similar stuff than me. And um, it took a while for me to find a church that I really fit in. So uh, my sophomore year, I brushed um, Bucks. Uh, the letters are BYX, Beta Upsilon Chi. And um, yeah, so I did that, kind of found a community there, and then uh, ultimately got involved with uh, with, with church um, after that. But 
Um, outside of that, I really just worked my tail off, man. I, um, I, I, whether it was at the Auburn network or if I did, um, did things with, um, War Eagle Productions and the SEC Network. I kind of did that later on. And then a big chunk of my income in college was um, I worked um, in the circulation department at the library, at RBD Library. And that was, um, I took a lot of pride in that when I was in school. I was a, a student manager there and uh, shelved a ton of books and checked out a bunch of books and study rooms and all that. So I, I probably spent more time at the library um than anywhere else and I wasn't at the library studying I was there working I didn't study a whole lot you don't have to study a lot if you're a comm major but that's uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean those were the kind of the things I, I was involved in didn't do a whole lot socially outside of um bucks stuff um but yeah I, I just I just worked a ton so well, not a very like, exciting answer but hey whatever. no but it seems like you're very driven and uh had a really a vision for where you wanted to go once you found that passion and I, and I admire that. And I think that's uh, something that a lot of people who kind of even go into their senior year at Auburn are still trying to find that direction and don't really, they're, they're even listed as undecided. I think, I don't know if you can still do that at Auburn list as still undecided as your major uh, that far into your career. Uh, but I think that's great uh, that you were just very passionate about what you wanted to do and kind of just spent your time very wisely. Some of us could, <clears throat> I'm not speaking from experience here, could have uh, taken a little <laughs> advice from you. And, uh, you know, I always said that I just, I told my mom this, I just wanted to get my full out of Auburn. So that, that's what that was about. And that's why I took a little bit of extra time there. I just did not want to leave the school that I loved uh, so much. So you, uh, you, gradu- you graduated in 2014? 15, August 15. of 15. Okay. And did you graduate in the arena or was it, I can't remember when they started doing the arena. Was that about that time? Yeah, I was in the arena. Yep. Okay. And what was that experience like? Because I actually got to graduate out in the field. Did you enjoy that a lot or or do you feel like you would have gotten a better experience out on the, doing out in the stadium? Hmm. I probably, I probably enjoyed it more inside. I probably enjoyed it more inside. I mean, I've had my share of being a Jordan hair. So, um, yeah, yeah, I guess I enjoyed it fine with being inside and cool and all of that. So I remember like begging my parents, like, do I have to go to the graduation? Do I have to like, (laughs) I know I graduated. I've got the credits, um, but they, they're like, no, no, you need to do it. You need to do it. I'm like, okay, so that's fine. I was always told it's for, it's for us, the parents, to see you walk across that stage, so you're going to do it. Um, hey, that's all I needed to hear. You know, I, that, that's fine. That's fine. You've done a lot for me, mom and dad. I'll do this for you. Well, that brings up something else I, I should ask you about, and that's basketball. You mentioned that that was a big sport for you, uh, and you were there during a time where basketball was not – the, or at least part of it was not the greatest. Uh, I right. can't remember exactly when Bruce Pearl comes into your equation there. Uh, was that 2015? Was that the, your, your senior year? Was, was that the year he came in? I got a season with Bruce, yeah, because I was able to watch the, um, you know, the run in the SEC uh, tournament where we beat LSU. Like, that was exciting. Um, so, yeah, with uh, Harrell. So I, I got to see KT doing, uh, doing some stuff. So that was cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mentioned this earlier. Like, I grew up in high school and middle school. Like, I was a much bigger Auburn basketball fan than Auburn football fan. I don't know why. I just, I just enjoyed it. And I remember going uh, to games with my dad at Beard Eves, and then um, I was really kind of, I was, I don't know. They, they sold you know the Auburn Arena being this great thing, and I'm like, I kind of like Beard Eves more. But obviously, the arena, the arena's grown on me now. So you have um, won huge brownie points by saying that you f- have a fondness for Beard Eves. I don't know what it is about that dusty old I place. I love that crappy building, man. 
It's so awesome. I mean, I've sat up there literally like we're, I'm sure there's probably been like no one else before. It was for like an Alabama versus Auburn basketball game when we upset them. I think they were like number eight. Like I've never seen the upper tiers of that before until that point. I mean, it's so big. And it's got so much history. And how can you not love Beardy's Memorial? I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I remember watching the women's basketball team and we were playing – I guess it was Georgia and we were like 17 and 0 and like it was the first time I had seen it full it was for a women's basketball game and it was um that was awesome and then the other cool moment that I, I saw was um it was pretty close to full and oh gosh I guess this was 2009 where we beat Tennessee and like that was uh that was pretty great I think Kravatny Barber was like eight for eight in that game may he rest in peace but yeah. I think that was um that was that was an awesome moment but yeah I love Beard Eves but anyway yeah so like you know uh, watching that that team that totally got shafted from the NCAA tournament I mean th- the team that was um like it was uh Dwayne Reed and Lucas Hargrove and Tay Waller Rasheen Barrett Rasheen Barrett yeah like I loved those guys Frankie Sullivan was a freshman on that team like, that is the team that made me fall in love with basketball. And most Auburn fans that are basketball fans now don't know who those guys are, other than mm-hmm. Frankie, just because, you know, the coaching staff. And I think that stinks. I hate that. I absolutely hate it because those guys were ready to pave the way. And then, you know, unfortunately, we made a bad hire after Lebo. But, you know, that team should have made the NCAA tournament. And they, they didn't. They should have gone to New York for the NIT. But, you know, they fell apart against Baylor in the final seconds of that game. But, um, yeah, yeah. As far as my time as a um, as a student, we really stunk until that last year when we got Bruce, and then you know you can kind of start to see some some excitement happen there. But but yeah, man, yeah, I watched some really really bad basketball under Tony. <laughs> I think we'd all we'd like to forget the 2013 football national championship game. We'd like to forget uh, that uh, see those many seasons under Barbie. And uh, I, I think what makes it so bad though when you look back at it, Kyle, is I think he had all of us fooled. I think we all believed in that mm-hmm. hire when it happened. Yep. The same with, same with uh, Sonny Galladay with, with baseball. It's just like, yes, this is such a home run hire. This just totally makes sense. And then, like, you get two years into it and you're like, oh, no, this wasn't good. And mm-hmm. it's too late. And it's like, will they make the decision now? Like, is it too early? What if we're wrong about being wrong? I, so it, it was just kind of, you know, this um, – I, don't know, I feel like we all didn't want to be wrong because we all felt so good about what he did at uh, where was he? He was at UTEP, right? Yep. yep. UTEP before Auburn. Yeah. And we just all wanted to be right. And then it comes out all these stories about how he's a jerk and he's mean to people, you know, on Twitter and, you know, doesn't respect anybody. And it's just like, okay, yeah, get out of here. You have no, no right to be a coach for a major program at Auburn. But um, uh, yeah, he, I, I just feel like uh, we all felt a little, little shafted by that because we all thought it was gonna be such a good fit it just it was bad it was very very bad I was very good friends with uh, one of the managers there and I have some stories that I will not share here about Tony Barney but <laughs> yeah I'm sure I've heard some of them not great absolutely no. not a great situation and look nobody's perfect everybody makes mistakes but then there's a pattern of things and that's when it becomes a problem uh, so here's the thing that though now is that Auburn has a great history in basketball and you seem very appreciative of that. Even, you know, just before uh, Tony Barbie with that team that got shafted and should have had a lot more happen for it. Uh, but they're sitting now in the most historic time for Auburn basketball. And you've had a front row seat in the radio industry kind of watching that 
what's it been like uh, living in Auburn during a time where Auburn is now considered a major threat in college basketball? It's weird. It's totally weird. And I still feel like even though, even though we uh, are a top tier team, we're still not getting the respect that we need. What CBS put out there, their preseason poll that we're like the pick to finish seventh in the sec and it's like wow you know we've got like our best recruit ever coming in and it's just like nobody cares nobody cares but auburn and um i think it's good we've seen bruce pearl teams in the past use that to motivate them and excite them and you know that's great you know i think they're going to use it for a lot for this young team where he's able to say hey nobody believes in you but as far as the home court advantage I think that is the most fascinating thing. And, like, you hear every announcer that comes to call a game, they're like, hey, this is the toughest place to play. And, well, that started, like, two years ago, and I'm like, they're just saying that. But everybody that comes into this place is like, yeah, it's really loud here. It's really tough to win an Auburn arena. And then they started beating the Kentuckys, and they started, you know, really beating everybody even though when they weren't supposed to. It's like if Auburn is at home – they could beat anybody in the country. And it's just – it's kind of crazy to see culturally what um, what we've been able to do and what Bruce Pearl's been able to do with these guys. And I was also skeptical, like, okay, you know, they, they lose all of these guys. You lose Bryce, you lose Harper. And it's like, wow, they were really figuring out last year before, you know, everything hit the fan with COVID and they had to cancel all this stuff. And it's just like, wow, I think they figured out a way to make this sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then Auburn loses to Georgia in football. And then people are like, yeah, when's basketball start? <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. That is incredible. And, and they're not joking about it. You know, like when people message the podcast that I do and the, the radio show I do. And it's like, hey, can you talk more basketball? And it's like, we're four weeks into the football season. Are you serious? And it's, um, it's really, really cool, man. So uh, it's been wild to see that transition. And it's been kind of subtle. And now all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, Auburn's a basketball school. It's crazy. Yeah, it's interesting to watch the, that, how that's changed over time. And, you know, I would even say, too, baseball is starting to kind of make its way there. And it's interesting when you find the right fit for Auburn in terms of a coach and someone that embraces who we are, even if they're not someone with a, an Auburn background, it really connects with the folks. It connects with the, the, the players, obviously, but it connects with the fan base. And that's when you really get that hype train going. And it's amazing what things can happen when the Auburn family uh, believes in you. And there's actually results from it as well. And Bruce Pearl has definitely re- delivered that. Uh, and Bush Thompson, I think, is, is delivering that, obviously, with a run to the College World Series and hopefully many, many, many more. Right. One last question on sports I'd like to ask is, you know, we talk a lot about, I call them the big three, football, basketball, and baseball. If there was another program or sport that you think deserves a little bit more attention or that you kind of keep your eye on a little bit more at Auburn, what would it be? Uh, I think Jeff Grabe needs a lot more credit for what he's done with gymnastics. I mean, gymnastics is the third highest attended sport at Auburn. And I think a lot of that has to do with venue and, and, and the timing of it. But the way he's been able to cater that program to appeal to young families and, you know, families taking their kids and all that, I think that is, um, that's really, really cool. And I think my perception on some of this has changed since having a daughter, but, you know, showing, um, you know, being able to bring, you know, some, uh, some, you know, a lot of young girls out there and, you know, say you're able to look out, at the, the floor and you see all these extremely athletic and strong and powerful women up there, you know, doing ridiculous things um, for competition. I think that's awesome. I think that's a great message. So um, I would say gymnastics 
Grape is just a cool dude. Like he is just a um, he's got a great personality. Used to be in a rock band, and um, <laughs> I know you see some of the promotions that they are able to do um, with, with with him. You know, it's like right. if you're short than Grape, but you get in for free and stuff like that. I think that's so fun. And you know, I think he um, you, you talk about you talk about what coaches do and how they fit at Auburn. And Grava is a home run every single time. And now that they're starting to beat Alabama, um, that just makes it better. So, yeah, yeah, gymnastics and, and uh, Coach Grava are, are my answer for that. I think that's a great pick. And, you know, we talk a lot about Bruce Pearl being the great marketer for the basketball program. I mean, honestly, if we're really honest here, Grava was doing it before Bruce Pearl uh, got here and uh, was doing a remarkable job of that. And where he's brought it from is something to be very commended. Um, so we talked a lot about sports and your time at Auburn, um, but outside of graduating, you've gotten married, you have a child now. Uh, what's that going to be like raising up a child in the ways of Auburn? Does she have a choice or is it just going to be full blown? You're an Auburn fan. It depends who you ask. My wife wants to give her a choice. I'm not going to. So and she's <laughs> like, what if, uh, what if she goes to Alabama? I'm like, we will raise her in a way where she does not want to do that. Right. So if uh, if that ever happens, I'll uh, I'll have to have some major self reflection and be like, what did I do wrong there? But no, all joking aside, I, I think I think if you just really learn and you are growing up and you're exposed to what Auburn really is, um, I think it's going to kind of sell itself. I mean, you hear that from all these recruits that come in, right? It's like, yeah, Auburn sold itself, and so uh, you know. I'm obviously a sports person, my wife not so much, but she enjoys going for the social aspect of it all. And so we'll go to a lot of gymnastics meets and we'll go to a lot of basketball games and football games when she's older. And I think she'll uh, she'll see all that. And, you know, the other kids that I have, I think they're going to grow up Auburn fans. I certainly hope that they do. And uh, when they get old enough to make their own decisions and, and all that, I'll respect that, of course. But I think for the most part, um, you don't see a whole lot of people, you know, a lot of my friends that I grew up with, unless they grew up and went to Alabama, you know, uh, even if they went to, you know, uh, University of South Alabama or got some UAH buddies and, and, you know, all of that, they're still Auburn fans. They just didn't go to Auburn. So I think that's going to be, um, yeah, yeah. I don't think she has a whole lot of a choice there. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher and really take out of context, the Bible verse, raise them up in the way they should go. And from it, they shall now depart. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I, I hope, uh, Jesus will forgive me on that one uh, for taking that out of context. But, you know, there's some truth in that. Uh, if you kind of just let it sell itself and tell, uh, tell them, uh, you know, what's so great about it, you know, I think Auburn will find a way into their heart some way. And obviously did you. I mean, you were set up for success with uh, being living in the area. And even still, it kind of had to find a way to take hold of your heart and share uh, what was so special about the community of Auburn, um, whether it was the town, the university, the sports team, uh, or anything in between, it really sold itself on that. Um, if we could just take a minute and you maybe try to talk about the Auburn family and try to describe that, what would that kind of description be for you? Hmm. I think folks are uh, always there for each other. I think it's been super interesting to see – where people are listening to me from and you probably you probably experienced that too i mean what your was it the first show where you had dion yes right yep i so, i mean it's just kind of crazy how all over the place it is and how everybody's experience is different i think it's this is uh this is a cool idea for a show and i think you're doing a great job with it Appreciate and so i i think um 
I think that has a lot to do with it as far as, you know, just folks being together and standing up for one another and, and all of that. It's kind of hard to put into words, but I think when you know what's happening, you see it. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I just think all in all, it's all, it's a group of folks that realize that, um, there's something bigger than themselves. And that's, um, that's what the Auburn family is to me. You know, I think if Jeremy Henderson couldn't define it, then nobody else is going to be. So it's a bit of a tough question for uh, any of us to take. If he can't do it with his knowledge base uh, and fully be able to define it, I don't think many of us are going to be able to, <laughs> to get to that point. But I think you did a beautiful job there uh, just kind of expressing from your heart uh, what it means to you to be a part of the Auburn family. And I think many people would echo that as well. So here's what I'd like to do as we kind of round out our talk. And if there's any other stories that you'd like to bring up um, as we kind of go through this, feel free to uh, spend okay. your time. But I always love to do not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. And the reason it's not so rapid fire is because most people want to explain their answers. No pressure, but sometimes I might want a little explanation for why you chose something. Okay. Uh, so if you're ready, we can run through that. I got about 12 questions for you. All right, let's do it. All right. So question number one, this is a tough one, orange or blue? I will go with blue, um, largely because pretty much my whole closet is blue. Whether it's Auburn shirts or New England Patriot shirts, they both have the same shade of blue. So I will go with that. Now, let me ask you that uh, real quick, because I knew that about you, that you were a Patriots fan. Was I'm assuming that was before Stidham and before Cam Newton got there. Uh, yeah, I mean, just when I was growing up beginning getting into football, you know, I mentioned I, I like professional football more than college. Um, the, the Pats were on a lot when I was really young and getting into football, and they were good. So naturally, as a kid, you're going to kind of be drawn to them. And I really like that Tom Brady guy. So um, <laughs> I just kind of found myself watching every single one of their games. And, you know, the rest is history, you know, 20 years later. So And the guy's still playing, just not for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does that hurt a little bit to know that he's not there anymore? Uh, it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. <laughs> Especially, look, we love Cam so much, but he, you know, obviously has found, has struggled to find that magic uh, that he had in his early part of his NFL career. Um, he's hurting, man. He, he's hurting, the team's hurting, and I just, you know, I feel bad for Stidham, personally. I thought this was going to be his year to kind of show that he was the guy, uh, and uh, obviously weren't ready for him. I mean, what do you think's held him back? I don't know. I don't know. I think they legitimately went into this year thinking they had a chance. I hope now – I don't see the reason for starting Cam moving forward. I mean, you're two and five at the time of us recording this, and it's just like you're not going to make the postseason. So, like, let's see what Stidham can do. Let's see if yeah. he can put it all together when, you know, when, when the lights are on. So, I hope he gets a chance. I don't really see the benefit of, of starting Cam anymore, but yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see maybe, what happens. Maybe Cam will find that uh, magic that he's been missing for so long. It'll turn things around. Who knows? But I hope so. But you chose blue for obviously the Auburn blue, but for uh, many other reasons as well. Question sure. two, Aubie or War Eagle? Uh, I'll go with War Eagle. Mm. I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's something that you talk about the Auburn family. It's, it's, it's cool. I, I go to Ohio all the time because that's where my wife is from. And you'll see, um, you'll see an Auburn hat up there and you can say War Eagle. So I think War Eagle encompasses more of what Auburn is than what Aubie is. So I'll go with that. Well, it's unfortunate that you'll be added to the hit list for Aubie now and his minions will come find you. So uh, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> I love Aubie. I love Aubie. Oh, I, you know, look, I interchange them so much. Uh, so there's no shame from that on my end. Uh, but, you know, I, I've been crossed one too many times by the, the minions of Aubie. So I just, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be looking over my shoulder a lot more now. 
Question three, and this one I've changed a little bit recently because it became like a no contest, so I've changed it. What's your favorite line of the Auburn fight song? Um, probably fight on you orange and blue. I think that's um, who Auburn is as a, as a community and as a school and as a football program, always fighting. So I like that. We haven't had that one selected yet, and I think it's a great angle you took on that. Question four, this might be easy, I don't know. Your favorite Auburn athletics program of all time? Just like my favorite team? Team, sport, team, which, uh, if you had to say this is the one I, I, I lean towards. Uh, I mean, probably the 2013 football team, just because I was in school at the time. And just you, you think about, I think sports are cool because of memories and kind of you can think about what's going on in your life at that time. And so that would have been my junior year of college. So, I mean, just a lot of fun stuff happening at that time. So I'll go 2013 Auburn football. And then basketball would probably be the, the program that you, you follow the most and are most invested in. Is that correct, based on what we talked about? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And if I had to pick an individual one, it'd probably be the 09 team and then the Final Four team after that. Gotcha. All right, question five, your favorite Auburn athlete? Oh, man. Um, wow, that's so tough. I'll go with Cam um, for, for double reasons, but I think Cam Newton's just kind of um, – a guy that we'll be able to talk about for forever as far as, you know, I think he had a big part of changing college football offenses from a scheme standpoint and how people recruit quarterbacks. So, yeah, I'll go with Cam. Very influential for Auburn, but also the game of football as a whole in the college realm. I agree with you on that one. Question six, your favorite Auburn coach of all time? Probably Butch Thompson. I'm a huge fan of his. I know we mentioned him briefly earlier, but I think just as far as who he is – as a person and I could see him being Auburn's baseball coach for the next 20 years I think he could be Hal Baird 2.0 I, I I just I really really respect him and um I I just like his approach to baseball his approach to recruiting and his approach to life so uh Butch Thompson I get that feeling from him as well so it's it's good to hear that someone else kind of sees that potential in him here as the Auburn baseball coach question yeah. seven your favorite non-athletics Auburn person so this can be a family member a celebrity a professor anybody that is not directly associated with Auburn sports who's your favorite Auburn person hmm. I'm not gonna say my wife <laughs> um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with um, my favorite professor who had a great impact on me uh, Rob Agney I think he's um, he's awesome he's a guy who he, he does a lot of the um, the theory-based communication classes and did a lot of grad school level teaching, but he did a really good job teaching me how to think critically about things. And I don't think a lot of people have critical thinking skills in today's world. And I agree. So I don't know um, if I would, if it wasn't for him. So I remember being super challenged by him. Didn't do great in his class, but he and I had a relationship after, um, after college as well, as far as just kind of chit chatting and, you know, we'd see an article that was interesting and send it to each other kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Dr. Agney. I think he's um, one of the tougher, probably the toughest teacher in the comm department, but he um, he really cares and really, uh, really did a take, you know, understands folks that want to um, want to learn and challenge themselves and, and think for themselves and all that. So, yeah, Dr. Agney. It's always interesting to find that when someone says a professor, it's usually the one that was the most challenging to them or just kind of made them work for it more. Because I think that right. just shows how much they invested in you personally and other students. 
Um, so that's a great shout out for an Auburn professor. Question eight, your favorite Auburn building. Mm, my favorite Auburn building. I spent a lot of time in Titchener, but I don't know if that's my favorite building. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to go with the chapel right off of downtown. That's Very nice. where my fraternity met. Um, that's where we had chapter because we didn't have a house yet. So a um, lot of cool memories there. Back when we had a, the Burger King was still there behind it. We would get off a chapter and then go across the street to Burger King and, and eat, you know, one of those situations where you just stay up late, talk life and, you know, thinking you had everything figured out and all that. <laughs> so once late nights, you know, transitioning from there to uh, across. Yeah, I'll go with the chapel there. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. Nobody's picked that one yet, but it's a very, you know, just historic landmarker for Auburn in that I think people, you know, associate obviously Sanford Hall, the actual Tuner's yeah. Corner, Tuner's Drugs. But that for me, that was always a signal I'm home and I'm in downtown when I saw that chapel. So that's a great Yeah, pick. you know, and I thought of Sanford too, but like I've been in Sanford once and it was it wasn't even for me. I was helping a buddy out with something. So um, I actually don't know if I could like recreate in my head what the inside of Sanford even looks like, if I'm being honest with you, but obviously the outside and, you know, the bell and all that's cool. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. The chapels, uh, is my answer there. That's a great pick. Question nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat. Uh, Niffers and I can't stress this enough. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the corn nuggets. Love Niffers. And then um, I, I also love the Draft House downtown a lot as well. I think the Draft House has the best sandwich in town. Their uh, their their cheesesteak is delightful with the beer cheese. Very good. But, yeah, my favorite place to eat is always Niffers. Absolutely. See, honestly, this is my favorite question because it just makes me make my list longer of the places I haven't eaten. Obviously, I've eaten at Nif Niffers, but I haven't been to Draft House. so I'll add You got to try my... it, man, and you get the Philly cheesesteak. You just got to trust me. I will take your recommendation on that and I'll add it to my growing list of things to eat. I'm going to gain so much weight by the time these, by the time we're at, you know, episode 30, I'm just going to have a, go into a diabetic coma or something. <laughs> right. Question 10, your favorite Auburn tradition. It can be sports, non-sports, a personal one for you, but your favorite Auburn tradition. Favorite Auburn tradition. I mean, you got to go with the Eagle flying. I think that is so cool. And I mean, even, even folks from, you know, the other team that come to visit, they're blown away by it. So I'll go with that. Um, do you get more of eagle flying or do you get more of rolling tumors for this question? I have gotten more of the eagle flying. I think I've probably had two rolling tumors, to be wow. honest okay. with you. Wow, okay, all right. Your episode 18, and yeah, I think I can only think of really two. But I, I think the eagle, for the reasons you said, it's, it's hard to break away from that, especially when you think about a sports one, because it's, it's uniquely Auburn. And people have tried to imitate it with Falcons and things like that, but it just doesn't do the same thing. You're right, man. You're absolutely right. Question 11, your favorite Auburn memory? Cam's run against LSU in 2010. I remember being with my mom for that game, which is unusual. It's one of the few games where it's just been me and my mom in an Auburn game. Um, it's usually me and my dad for some reason. And my mom really wanted to go to that game. And um, I remember when Cam did that, I looked at her and I'm like, he just in the Heisman. And um, a lot of people did because it's just so obvious. Like, this guy's a freak. Like, what are we watching? Who is this guy? Um, so that, yeah, that's my favorite moment. Followed uh, number two would be the kick six when 
Chris, Chris kind of turns the corner and uh, I, I hug my buddy next to me and, you know, we, we stormed the field and all that. So yeah, those are definitely the top two, but I'll, I'll go with Cam in 2010. Uh, there are moments where you just, you know, you witness history and you mentioned two great ones there. And, you know, it's hard to break away from the kick six one, but I was there in the stadium with you. And I remember that same thing, just looking at the person next to me and just like, we just saw Cam win the Heisman. That right. was incredible. And to top it off, I think it was like next week, he catches a pass from Cody Burns in the Ole Miss game. So <laughs> yeah. if there was any doubt, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was so fun. That was so fun. All right. Your final question, other than family, describe Auburn to me in one word. Oh, I made it tough by taking away family from you. Yeah, yeah. I'll say perseverance for this. Um, it, it seems like we're always going through stuff, and we ought to always have to, you know, go through it together. I mean, even, you know, with 2010, we had to stick together behind Cam with all the allegations. And, um, you know, I, I think lately with basketball, with, with, you know, everybody throwing stuff against with, – with Pearl, with the whole, um, you know – did you know recruiting violations you know with 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 Wiley and Dangel so I'll say I'll say perseverance because we're always kind of sticking together through things it just doesn't seem easy for us sometimes does it <laughs> we, we can never make it easy ever <laughs> but but I think that's what makes being an Auburn family member and all so special too another aspect of it is because those high points don't come as often for us and I think they mean so much more when we get there because we know what we had to get through to get there and that's outside of sports too I mean you know that's for your own personal story you only you know what you've had to go through to get where you are uh through your schooling and through your personal life and I think there's something that's like we talked about when you know it that that what connects you with an Auburn family you just kind of feel it. you can't describe it but you've been through something and you've stuck together and you made it through tough times um, so I think perseverance is a great way to uh, describe Auburn outside of family. And I'm sorry I had to make that hard on you by taking that away. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're making me think. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> so for your final thoughts, if you wanted to share anything else about your Auburn story or, or any anything to the Auburn family at large, what would you say? Um, don't be like me and take things for granted uh, at, at times. I think Auburn's special. It's fun to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I, I think that's um, I think that's kind of, you know, focus on the things you have in common with people. I know everybody wants to bicker and argue, you know, with all this very charged time in our history. But, um, yeah, just focus on the positive things and the things you have in common with folks. Amen, brother. That's a great way to end this episode. And it's been uh, fun to walk with you through your time uh, being a local of Auburn throughout your life and kind of riding that roller coaster of where you were at in terms of the Auburn fandom and how adamant and re- how, how much you recognized it and the fun times the fun games and learn a little bit extra about you personally so zach thank you so much for being willing to join me here and share your auburn roots thank you kyle i, I I'm, I'm honored that you asked and uh this is really fun i appreciate it it was great uh, to sit down with you and uh, we'll be having many more opportunities for you the auburn family out there listening for you to share your auburn stories here on auburn roots thank you for listening and war eagle <laughs>